0: The education channel supports individual educational goals and encourages creativity for all. Visit UCTV.tv/education.
1: I want to actually turn back the hand of time and understand who you are, Margaret. How did you come to be an awesome
0: superstar uh, career advisor? Um, where did you grow up? So I'm originally from the East Coast. I grew up in upstate New York, and then I went to Vermont for college. And I had uh, never been to California. For this West, I had ever been was Colorado, but I had the opportunity to come out and packed a bag, and here I am. (laughs) What
1: were your hobbies
0: in in high school? Sure. So um, I went to school for my... After school extracurricular activities, I was an athlete and that was my motivation for keeping my grades up was if I, you know, dropped below a certain level, I couldn't play sports. Um, My mom was actually, my mom actually went back to school while I was in middle school, um, became a teacher, student taught at my middle school, and eventually, um worked in my middle school. And actually, uh, her classroom was right, aclo- right across from my locker. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very close. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was definitely, um, I was always smart. I just wasn't necessarily a committed student. <laughs> I was more so the committed
1: athlete. <laughs> Did you know that this was the kind of career you were going to land in when you're in middle and high school?
0: No, I had no idea. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I'm that's, I'm so impressed by, you know, some of the the incoming freshmen that I'll I'll connect with. They're like, I want to do this. I'm like, good for you. (laughs) I was not you when I was your age. Um, so I ended up, you know, using, sports as my decision maker for college. And I got a volleyball scholarship and that was how I decided where I wanted to go and, uh, eventually had some injuries and wasn't able to continue playing. And that was a, that was a pretty important time for me was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I love sports. I, I think athletics and teams. You know, it there it creates a lot of great things for you, stability, structure. Um, but when you've relied on that and then you don't have that anymore, and that was kind of what you used to make big life decisions, um, you kind of have to stop for a second and and kind of question well, is this all right? What am I going to do? Do I change my whole plan? Um, and so that was that was my sophomore year of college is I had to kind of take a look at myself and, and really start thinking about what did I want to do, um, not just what do I like to do.
1: You know, um, I want to expand on that because I feel like, um, there are two different, you know, there's, like you said, there's many different ways to find your career. Mm-hmm. Um, some people know what they want to do. Some people have no idea. And it seems from, from what you're sharing with me that you kind of went with the flow. You really liked sports. You got this volleyball scholarship. You identified with that. Um, and then you said your freshman or sophomore year in college, you get injured. And suddenly this isn't the path anymore. Like talk about a hard stop of like you had this vision of where things were going and then things change. And that's life, mm-hmm. right? Obstacles get thrown in your way that have nothing to do with what you prepared for. And you could um, use it to empower you, I guess, or you can, you can use it to motivate you. You can give up. You didn't give up. What did you do?
0: Um, you know, I'm I'm really lucky. I, I have a really wonderful support system with my family. And I remember calling and being like, because, you know, I was also on a scholarship, there were financial things to consider as well. And so it was, do I change schools? Like, what do I come home? What's going on? And, you know, my family was just so supportive and said, you know, not to be, you know, cruel, but you weren't going to do this forever. This time, you know, you were going to have this moment eventually and you're so much more than just the I, the athlete identity that you've been leaning into. And so I stayed at the school um because I at that point I had built a community and um you know, I I then started, I kind of like lifted my head up, you know, Um, volleyball is a fall sport. So I was actually on campus as an athlete before school had even started. And with the schedule that I had, I I really couldn't participate in much other than classes and practice and games. And so this gave me the opportunity to kind of lift my head up and say, okay, well, what else is there here? Um, I ended up still doing you know a club volleyball team, but it was you know with with friends and, and acquaintances and that was another way to, to build my community. But I ended up um, becoming a writing center coach. And I think that that is a big part of what kind of put me on this trajectory of these meaningful one-on-one interactions and support sessions. And I loved, you know, watching it it click and watching a student progress because you would have specific individuals that you would coach for. Well, we were semester for a semester or, you know, people coming in, just needing help and then seeing them come back saying, Hey, that was really helpful. I want your help again. Um, and, and from that, I just got really involved in the community. I became an orientation leader, a pre-orientation leader, um, you know, all, all these different things that I would would not have been able to participate in otherwise. So it was a really difficult time, but I think it's really important that even though you know, sometimes your, your hardest times actually generate the best opportunities for you. And it's, you know, if you can kind of persevere through that, if you are able to kind of lean into the support that you have and put yourself in situations that can teach you about yourself and show you that you're kind of more than what you maybe thought you were, um, you really don't know what that can lead to. And so just kind of being open to that, I think is is really a wonderful part of the college experience. It's called the college experience. It's about experiencing different things to see what you like and don't like. And so I just kind of started throwing myself into experiences to, to re-identify myself essentially.
1: I think that's a really important point. I hope, um, you know, we all have various levels of support mechanisms. Try to lean into the ones that you feel are actually making you feel supported. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also support mechanisms on campus that will also help you if it's not something that you can find at home or with friends, which happens sometimes too. Um, And I love that you explored different experiences on campus um, Mm -hmm. and the one you resonated with, the one that made you feel uh, good is you, you just continued doing it. And then mm-hmm. it eventually turned into, I want to help other people the way that I was helped, um, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, so I know that uh, you, I, I think a common theme, I, I don't know if it will be, I suspect will be a common theme, are mentors. Mm-hmm. Did you have a mentor in uh, middle and high school or college?
0: Um, Yeah. So, um, it's funny because my, you know, it wasn't the typical mentor. Um, you know, I had a a faculty member that really believed in me. She was the one that got me involved with the writing center, but she didn't necessarily have to mentor me. She just gave me the opportunity I needed to find that within myself. Um, it was actually my career advisor. I ended up going to the career center for some help. Um, and, she just was amazing. We, we, she became my mentor. She, she inspired me to be for somebody what she was for me. Um, and it, it went beyond just look at my resume. You know, it was really meeting with her and, and developing these skills and getting connected to resources and also, you know, supporting me through that transition I was, I was going through. Um, it, it, she is the reason that I got a job so quickly out of school. She is the reason that I, you know, am confident in my professionalism in why I continue professional development myself. Um, and really the reason why I just think that helping somebody with their professional development is just such a necessary support and uh and now she's she's the reason I'm here nice um I'm curious if uh if you're okay to
1: share like were there ever times that you like I guess um we know that you didn't know what you wanted to do when you were in middle and high school but were there ever moments of like hardships that you might have to persevered through like like getting bullied or being made fun of.
0: I, I don't know if I would necessarily call this a hardship. I think for me, a lot of it just kind of went along with, with identity because my, my older sister was class president and went to an Ivy League school. Um, my younger brother almost like got a perfect score on his SAT. Um, and I had to work a little harder. Um, I, re- I do remember I had a, a middle school science class and me and my friend were there every day after school trying to understand what we were learning because it just didn't come naturally to us and again I knew that I had to keep my grades up and um and I remember my my science teacher my friend and I were just kind of, you know, being middle school girls and complaining about how the boys didn't even have to try and, and that type of thing. And she just looked at us and she said, oh, girls, you don't even know you are going to surpass them because right now you're learning how to overcome an obstacle and they're not going to learn that They're And, and so when they come across an obstacle, they're not going to know what to do. And you'll have already gone through that experience and, and what you're doing right now you think you're doing it to be successful in an eighth grade science class, but what you're really doing is teaching yourself how to not give up on something and how to overcome an obstacle. And so I think that, you know, if it doesn't come naturally, that doesn't mean that you're less than. If anything, what you do to move forward and overcome, that is actually such a strength and, and makes you unique. You know, I think that extends
1: beyond just men and women. That's every single individual. You know, when it's, Mm -hmm. when it seems like the person next to you, it was easier for them to do. And then, and then you start telling yourself the story that it, because it was easy for them, it means that I shouldn't be doing this. Um, but what Mm. you said is exactly it. Um, it's this, you know, I'm sure kids have heard this before, but this idea of a growth mindset of you're going to have different barriers for different pathways. Those barriers will be different for each person. But the thing that you need to learn is how to get through it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is not just because it was easier for them means it's for them. Um, and and you're absolutely right. When people don't face a lot of um, barriers, they tend to not um, almost as if like they I, w- I don't want to say crumble, but like th- they just immediately go to a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. There has been a lot of research that indicates that grit is actually the number 1 indicator of success, mm-hmm. not um how fast you can learn.
0: So, it's interesting you say that. So, um I've, you know, as I speak with employers, what I've learned is sometimes for technical interviews, employers will purposely give you something they know you can't solve. They know there's a problem in the code. They know that they've they've done they've they're it's not about you getting the right answer. They're designing a situation to see how you react and what you do when you don't know what to do, when it doesn't come easy and naturally. Do you start googling? Do you ask them questions? Do you go back through your code? And um the reason I'm aware of this is because an employer followed up with me to say I never got a thank you email from any of the people that you recommended that I interviewed. And I said, what? Like that's, I talked with them about always, you know, do this. He said, I have a feeling that they think that they didn't pass the challenge that I gave them. And so they just didn't follow up. He said, it happens all the time. I've actually had people just stop mid interview that, Oh, I can't do it. I'm done. I've already lost the job. And, and, and going down that path of, well, I couldn't figure it out and didn't come naturally. So I shouldn't be doing this. And I don't, I'm not qualified for this position instead of, Oh, that's weird. Why isn't that working? Okay. Let me try this. Okay. What about this? Uh, I can't totally remember what that is, but I know I could Google it if I could. And, and that's what they're really looking for is, you know, especially with data science, a lot of it is problem solving. You're not just going to sit down and figure it out. So do you communicate? How do you communicate? Are you able to articulate your thought process so that you can work on a team to figure out a solution? And so it's just so interesting that, you know, when, when I'm doing interview prep, students say, I need practice problems and I'm going to review my whole textbook and this and that. And I have to tell them, I mean, sure, review, but that's, that it's not about getting the right answer. It's about showing that perseverance and that grit and and that ability to not be um, to be able to recover when you falter a little bit or or when you're not really totally sure what that next step is. Um, you know, how willing are you to put yourself out there with that that unsteady step? So it's it really is um, you know as an indicator of success. It's really interesting the way that employers are kind of. Testing for that in a way, which is funny, because with a test you think, oh, you get the right answer, then you've you've you know done well, you've gotten the test right. When really the test is, it's about not finding the right answer, and what do you do after that? You know, it's funny hearing
1: that now because I have I'm a lot older than the audience that's going to be watching this, um, <laughs> and so a lot of experience in. Feeling what it's like to fail and feeling like it's over, mm-hmm. um, and then not giving up, and then realizing in hindsight I wasn't actually as bad as I thought I was. I should have been easier on myself. I mean, I'm trying to imagine if I'm a middle or high school student, somebody telling me it's okay for you to fail, it still probably won't be believable for some people. You know, mm-hmm. they just, the, the feeling of getting something wrong somehow translates to them thinking they're wrong in like inside. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's so hard to try to like, you know, I'm still having to tell myself like, you know, I can do something wrong. I'm not a wrong person or I can, exactly. I can, I might make a mistake, but that doesn't mean that I'm not capable. Um, mm-hmm. I have to try again try again. And sometimes maybe it'll take me 10 times uh, of, of making a mistake to finally figure it out. When I look
0: at some of my favorite uh, coaching sessions or um, you know the one the the advising sessions I look back on and just feel just that stick out in my mind it's been the moments I've been able to help students or alumni see their success that they don't see so you know oh I, I didn't get that job okay but you made it to this part of the interview process. You've never done that before, and look, you got to this point. That's a success because you've progressed, because you've gotten to a new point, because you challenged yourself, because you put yourself out there. Um, so you know, it's it's. Do you define success just by getting something right on the first try, or you know that type of thing? It's it's. I think it's more so about being able to really recognize development and improvement. And I think that's sometimes harder to see. And so I I really take, I think that's really important for me and my role with my students who, you know, are, uh, you know, very high achieving individuals that, you know, just because you may not have accomplished the goal the way that you thought you would, or the way, or when you thought you would, um, that doesn't mean that you did an accomplishment and that you didn't do all this hard work to get there along the way. And I just think it's, you know, any opportunity I have to kind of point that out for somebody, I take it because, um, it's much harder to do for yourself. And i I'm very privileged that I get to see that development and growth and it's, it's worth acknowledging. Yeah. That's why I said, I think I need a session with you because
1: I think, uh, <laughs> throughout my life, uh, throughout anyone's life, you know, hearing these things, reminding yourselves of these things is always really helpful. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're, you know, you said, like you said earlier, you don't just help um, current undergrads, you help them when they graduate as well. So they can always come back and, hey, what can I take to like refresh this skill or I want to go in a different right. direction. Um, that's really amazing. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming uh, again. Thank you for having me. HDSI is lucky to have you. The students are lucky to have you. The alumni is lucky to have you. Um, and I really appreciate your time and your enthusiasm and the glow and the love. <laughs>